If you were asked to care for a toddler grandchild for 12 days while his parents are out on a trip, would you jump at the chance or head for the door? Of course, you want to help. You want to be there for both your adult kids and your grandchild. But how do you feel about that challenge? Are you up for it? Are you hesitant or are you somewhere in between? There are so many variables and unknowns and that's the hardest part. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we are talking about solo caregiving of a grandchild, the risks and the rewards. Babysitting, no sweat. Toddlers, okay, a challenge. But the last time we were caring for a two-year-old 24-7 for nearly two weeks was three decades ago. We may be a little out of practice. So we're going to cover rewards of doing this hard thing, risks that keep us up at night even before we get on the plane, and strategies for keeping it together. But before we do any of that, I kind of want to just talk a little bit. Hi, everyone. We're, we're going again on another adventure, this time not on a train, but on a plane. And we didn't exactly design this one. No. We were asked to come out and watch one of our grandchildren for a good 12 days, and it seemed like... Partially a big ask, um, but I, I thought, sure, why not? We can do this. And the closer we get to doing it, which is coming up very soon, the, the more frightened I get. And I want to tell you that this, uh, I saw a acronym that Dee Dee from More Than Grand put up on her um, website. And if you don't follow her, she's a great person to follow with all sorts of tips about grandchildren. Anyway, she mentioned... Uh, you, you've heard the saying FOMO, right? F fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Well, this is FOMU, which is fear of messing up. <laughs> okay, yes. Just, I'm feeling I, a little FOMU. I, I'm feeling that very strongly. And I have to say, like in the last few weeks, I've been having dreams that uh, reflect my concerns about taking care of a toddler. Like Mike said before, I mean, we haven't done this for 30 years. 31 years. And it's getting, as I think about it, you know, there are some risks, but the kids felt like it was worth the risk. They wanted to take a long trip. It was working out to combine it with a business trip. And so they asked us and it's a, it's a big weight of responsibility when you are responsible for taking care of a child and making sure that they're healthy and they don't get hurt and all those things. But let me argue it from the other direction. It doesn't sound like a big deal. In the world where grandparents help take care of children, grandparents stepping in to take care of a child while mom and dad are out of town, it doesn't sound like a big deal. But there are a couple of things, though, that, that, are, that are kind of big, I think. One is that the child is a toddler. Mm -hmm. And the other is that the total number of days we're going to be on 24-7 is 12. Yeah. Almost two weeks without any other caregivers involved. And that, yeah. that feels like a lot, even though it may not sound like a lot. All that to say, I have done this before. I can do this. And I have to do a little self-talk because I'm like, yes, I can do this. This is not a big deal. And then our daughter was so sweet to send us a huge list of all of the things that I can expect with this toddler. It's part schedule. It's part menu. 
It's part vocabulary, you know, it's translation. Everything. And man, it's if you're, a great piece of work. It's a great resource. And if you, uh, you know, are going to do this, you should have a daughter who will do this for you because it's amazing. And it's going to be so helpful, I think. But it's huge. And it's, you know, it's a lot to, I'll be consulting it every day, many times a day, I'm afraid, because that's, I mean, hopefully I won't be so entrenched in reading my Google document that I'm not paying attention to the child. But, um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the things that I'm thinking about. You know, we've got, and she gave us all of these great tips, things for bedtime, for waking time, for outside activities, for bath time, for meals, for, um, you know, all the different things that he likes, the vocabulary that he has, the toys, the books, the favorite songs, playlists, um, things he's allowed to watch on TV, and then just some of the little quirks about him. And that's that's the thing. It's so different when you watch your own children. And, you know, I feel a little bit more like a new mom all of a sudden because I don't know this grandchild that well. I don't know any of my grandchildren well enough, I don't think, although I do have two that I watched when they were babies, so I kind of knew them better. But... I don't know. It's it's like, well, if he throws things on the floor when he's eating in his high chair, will he be doing that because he's mad or will he be doing that because he wants to, you know, see what gravity does when he drops it or will he is he doing it because he's full and he doesn't want any more food? Because I don't know him and I can't tell. Um, you know, and those those are little things, right? It doesn't matter. In the absence of this Google document, what would be so wrong about trial and error? No, that's true. That's true. It's that it's that perfectionist in me. It's that fear of messing up, I think. You don't want to mess up anything. Well, and as great as this document is, the fact that we have it, the fact that it exists, might mean that the mom is a little bit like that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that just means that there's more <laughs> opportunities to mess up, more, more opportunities for uh, FOMU. Yeah, FOMU. Well, the thing is, I mean, if if I don't react properly when he drops something on the floor, or if I don't put him into bed exactly the time that he needs to be put to bed, does it really matter? He will instruct us. <laughs> Somehow. You know, uh, well, in, we might get the good, feeling we're doing it wrong. Way, his, his routine will, will be disturbed, and so he'll let us know. Yeah, yeah. But, but, we, but we have the book answer. That's <clears throat> the great thing about this document. We have the book answer. I mean, it's better than all of the documents you could possibly finding a book, a baby book, right? Um, another thing, even for, for meals, I was a little concerned um, that I would not have time to make meals or get him the meals that he wanted. And so they were kind enough to provide us with some uh, meal service so that uh, there'll be things in the refrigerator for us. And that's a very kind thing to do as well. So aren't we lucky? That, we are. You know, this is happening and we are getting all of this help. So um, don't forget, if you get that kind of help, to, to say thank you to your son and daughter and, you know, the people who are doing this for you, because they recognize it's a huge sacrifice. They recognize that 12 days is a long time and it's not going to all be wonderful. They'll be crying and there'll be times, I think he'll be crying, not us. <laughs> well, let's see, huh? <laughs> Are some of the risks, of course, every time we take him out for a walk, I will not know if he's the type that would run out in front of a car or if, you know, when he's 
on a piece of playground equipment. I have to say, that has been the hardest thing for me, even with our older grandchildren, when they get on playground equipment. I feel like I usually feel if I'm looking over a canyon, like I'm going to fall in. Something horrible is going to happen. I get that fluttery feeling and I just don't know how to handle that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do. But now I'm starting to wonder, in the document, are there things like, here's the nearest hospital, here's the (laughs) insurance company, here's the policy number? Ooh. Those things aren't, and this is no diss on on the daughter. No. Those things are not in the document right now because they're so far out of the realm of possibilities that they didn't make it into the document. (laughs) Yes, we need to ask for that to get into the document. Um, Another thing that I asked for, um, and I I consider this a form of a risk, is that um, I wanted to make sure that we had the phone numbers of the other grandparents because I know that they FaceTime with the other grandparents on a regular basis. And I thought to myself, gee, I would want to be able to still talk to my grandson, even if my adult kids were, you know, running around Europe. I want to, you know, be able to see him. I would miss him if I hadn't get to see him for 12 days. So, so I did ask for that. And that's in the document as well. So part of his routine, part of Mm -hmm. the the child's routine. Mm -hmm. So maybe that'll help. Yeah. Maintain it. Yeah. But that's one of the strategies, I think. So, yeah. So risks, I guess. I mean, I am learning so much about the new kind of parenting because, you know, when we had kids and they were on playgrounds, of course, I knew what kind of risks they would take because I knew them really well. And I also knew how coordinated they were, each one. So I would know which one could take a risk and which one couldn't. Um, But I remember I would often say, be careful, be careful. And that is just not what they say anymore. That's not what adult um, parents, that's not what they say. They say more things more like firm feet and what are you going to do when you get up there or that kind of thing, which is a completely different kind of parenting. And I'm learning that, you know, different ways to to, um, approach risk. (laughs) Isn't it nice that our kids are better versions of us? Oh, man, they are, too. I, I feel like that for sure. It's funny, we were talking to our one of our daughters today, and we were just saying that this may be our generation as the first generation to be willing to apologize and say, we didn't do it right. Like, I think maybe my parents' generation, no apologies. They just did it, and they did it the way they thought was right, and they did the best they could, and they're not going to apologize for anything. I feel like I could walk around all day apologizing for all of the things I did as a parent that were not perfect. <laughs> well, I, I hear our parents acknowledging that they weren't perfect, Do you? but I don't hear them apologizing for specific things that, you know, might result in some kind of healing or, yeah. you know, being able to reclaim some ground emotionally. I don't mm-hmm. hear a lot of that from them, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the way we look at mental health now and the way we look at getting help through, you know, counseling and right. psychologists and things like that, way different set point in the culture and the conversation than than it was. I am thinking about my own reactions. I think it's funny. As I've grown older, I feel like I've grown more patient with grandchildren and children in general. I feel less like I have to get everything done at once and if things don't go the way that they're supposed to go I feel um, 
more patient and I have more time. I think, well, what's the hurry? I don't have anything I have to do like I did when I was a young mother. I think you've struggled a little bit in the opposite direction. Yeah, two things are going on there. One is, and we already talked about it, the way parents parent Mm -hmm. at this point is less about compliance and it's more about, let's say, coaching. Yeah. You know, equipping children even well before they're able to think rationally to get in the habit of thinking about, about being mindful about the things that they are doing and how to do them uh, better, more safely, more competently. Or how they feel when they're doing it. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, So all those things uh, are new Mm -hmm. and I'm not uh, native to that style. The other thing that I I would say is uh, that's happened to me is that as we have had, you know, almost a decade now of empty nesting, uh, I kind of like things the way I like them. I like things to turn out the way I want them to turn out. And so, you know, whether it's my environment or the people in it, uh, I'm still sort of compliance oriented. Mm. Set in your ways a little more. I wouldn't even call it that, you know. Mm. Uh, it's not that I'm inflexible. It's that I'm insistent mm. about wanting it the way I want it. And so, you know, children who aren't raised in a compliance mode they don't understand and they don't have necessarily a, a soft spot for me and my compliance bent in, <laughs> in their heart. So I've got to figure out a way to be more patient. And, you know, w- what I've learned to do, what I figured out how to do is to try to be um, always present and always mindful of what shape I'm in mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. and to be ready to um, step back and take a breath Uh, when it's needed so that I don't lose my cool, so that I don't lose my patience and then lose my temper. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good things that, um, you know, a growing and evolving grandparent will do um, as a strategy, as a growth opportunity. Unless you just flat out don't respect the way your adult children are parenting. Well, we do. We do. But yes, that would be hard if you were a grandparent who didn't respect the way that that just don't agree with the way things are are now being done. You still need to take a breath and step back, though. That makes it really tough. If you just cannot see your way to feel good about the decisions that your adult children are making to parent, I totally respect that this is hard. And like you said at the opening, maybe you want to, you know, head for the doors when this kind of request (laughs) comes in. That's true. Because it's so important to not sabotage your adult children's uh, parenting objectives. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because we have four kids, uh, four couples, and they don't all parent exactly the same. But it's kind of fun to watch and see what they are taking away from the way they were parented and then the things that they've been reading. And so they've kind of developed, they're developing their own way. And I think that's one of the things we have to recognize is it's their way, not our way. And we can watch and learn and, uh, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding. We'll we'll see what happens later. You know, you just never know because you can't really blame, you know, how ch- how children turn out doesn't always depend on how they've been parented. You know that. I mean, you you might have four kids all parented the same and some of them turn out one way and another turn out another. They just are who they are. They can't, are. I, can't I blame my parents? <laughs> yeah, well, we could do that all day, couldn't we? But <laughs> and I don't want anybody blaming me. Wouldn't be fair. Yeah, that's <laughs> be right. Fair. Let's talk a little bit about the rewards, because we've talked a lot about the risks. 
and we need to get to the rewards. There are a lot of rewards, I think, for doing what we're doing. You know, there's really nothing that can compare with the kind of knowing looks or the smiling glances or, I mean, really the intimacy that comes from when you care for your grandchildren for an extended period of time. It's hard for those to develop an hour at a time right. or, you know, an evening at a time. One of the guests that you had recently, uh, Shirley Showalter, talked about the comfortable knowing that comes when you do what she and her husband did, which she called grand nannying. Yeah. And that is being the uh, primary caregiver with parents who are still in place, but for a year. Yeah, that's big. That's a lot. Um, she talked about it uh, uh, by saying that your her grandson, whom she cared for when he was a, a little tiny one, knows that she has his back. Mm-hmm. It's an intangible thing when they are young, but he's uh, an early teenager now. And it's still there, that knowledge that your your grandparent has your back. Uh, so it really has persisted, and she she feels it tangibly with him. Yeah. Well, I know that we had two grandchildren whom I watched um, during the day while our daughter was working. And I really think that there is a bond there, that, you know, that's that, and what Shirley talked about, skin to skin, that, you know, they were babies. Um, I do feel like when they're babies, they're a little easier to watch because you have breaks. You know, in the morning they take a nap, in the afternoon they take a nap. Uh, This one we're going to see uh, will not be taking as many naps, only a a nap in the afternoon. So we will be on a little bit more. Um, I think I'm just grateful that we're not to the point where we can't be active. The, you know, the rewards of being active with him, taking him on walks, playing, getting on the floor and playing with him. We're still at the point where we can do that. Um, I know that for some grandparents, that's kind of a sadness when they get to the point where they can't do that. And we are not there yet. So that's fortunate for us. We can't scramble, but we can (laughs) still get up and down out of the floor. (laughs) That was a whole nother thing. You know, she sent me a video of how to get him in and out of the car seat. I I have no problem much with the car seats, although sometimes my... uh, thumb doesn't work as well. You know, she's she's got these beautifully manicured fingers and she's showing me <laughs> on the video how to how to get him in and out of the car seat. I'm thinking, man, my it's going to be a struggle. I might have to use two thumbs, but but I'm, you know, I'll get it done. Um, and, you know, pulling him out of the car seat even, I keep thinking how great it would be if we could have one of those car seats that actually rotates so that the child is facing you when you're actually getting him out of the car seat. I know they have those. But we don't, right? But we don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they're developing those. And so that in the next generation, we'll have these wonderful car seats that are either built into their cars or that have automatic open, you know. I mean, think about what our car seats were like with our kids compared to what the kids are having now. You know, I've got one word for that and what those car seats would be like now. Yeah. Illegal. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Crazy, huh? I know, it's crazy. Um, but anyway, car seats and then uh, strollers, I think, are just a little bit more trying to un... un uh, so the word would be deploy. <laughs> <laughs> these are yeah, like they, these are like origami made out of expensive aluminum. Totally. I mean, and every one of them is a little different. So I did ask her to do a video of that because the stroller thing is... 
It's a little bit crazy sometimes. I see these women, you know, young women, and they just like whip it out and it's open and ready to go. And then I'm here struggling. I had, I remember one time with another grandchild where I had to like get my phone out and do a YouTube video of how to get this thing open while I'm trying to keep this child wrangled and not let him go. The real time need for instruction on that was, I think, what underscored you asking, please, you know, record, <laughs> send us a video, record you uh, <laughs> deploying this, this um, stroller so that we yeah. can do it. Yeah. We're talking full time solo caregiving. So we will definitely be giving you a report on how this all goes when we get back from our trip. Follow us on this because, uh, and send up good wishes and hopes and prayers, <laughs> everything you can, because we are we are heading into the fray. Let's think about some of the strategies that we're going to um, have. You know, one of the things that you always hear to, people tell young mothers is sleep when they sleep, you know, and that's one of the big things, just sleep when they sleep. And I consider that the best strategy ever. So when he is sleeping, I will sleep. If he takes a nap, I will take a nap. And when he goes to bed, we'll probably follow suit pretty quickly after that. Because when you have to get up every morning at the crack of dawn and entertain a, a toddler for the rest of the day until they take a nap, it's taxing. Another strategy I think that we'll probably be using, and we've already talked about it, is tag teaming. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it'll be limited because I'm still on the clock much right. of, much of the day but uh, that tag teaming thing is going to be important and i know that uh, um i may have to tag out from time to time depending on how it goes we'll we'll see we'll just see um the other complication to this is that they have a dog and a cat that need to be taken care of so we've got lots of good instructions on that but that dog needs to get some energy out so we're going to have to do that as well a strategy might be to have you do more of that than i do right. because it's not my favorite thing to do one of your strategies is to think about activities in 15-minute increments. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, have a list of things to do with 10, 15-minute increments and also have him help you with things. So, you know, I remember when my kids were, when our kids were little, uh, you know, if I needed to put things away, if I needed to put towels away, if I needed to put clothes away in a, in a drawer, I mean, why not just... Uh, have them help you put them away and they don't do it right. And then you do it again and then you do it again. And, you know, who cares? There's You've got all the time in the world. And until they get tired of it, if they pull them all out and then you put them back in, that is a game. That is something to do. If we've got towels to fold, we fold them for 10 minutes or 15 or 20 minutes. We'll have a long it takes to get them folded. So now you know our challenge and you know our approach to it and you know that we'll be giving you a status report when it's over, but probably not until then. Meanwhile, that is all happening. We would love to hear from you if this sounds familiar, if you have ideas or suggestions, and you can reach us a couple of ways. One is by email at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. That's all one word, grandlifeconnection. Or you can reach us by telephone and leave a voicemail at 317 572-7876. We'd love to hear your stories. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life.
next time on The Grand Life. I think that's okay sometimes to challenge kids. We don't always have to just create content can come down to their level. You know, I think they can rise up to our level. I believe kids are smarter than what we think they are sometimes, and they can get things that we don't think that they normally can get. That's next time on The Grand Life.